Well, have I always said, Orla, the secret to look good when you're old is to look like shit when you're 30. Hello there, and welcome to The Recommendation Game. This is a bi-weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch them separately, and then we Skype to discuss them. My name is Orla Magnitas. And I am Ricardo Deacon. You are listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film was chosen by Ricardo. And it was indeed. Re- repeat offender, Michael Mann. This week's film is Thief from 1981. What the hell do you think that I do? I wear $800 suits. I wear a gold watch. I'm a thief. You want to put down contract scores all over the country? Working directly for me? I am self-employed. I'll make you a millionaire in four months. So what do you say, Frank? They gotta be big scores, they gotta be fast. One, two, tops. You don't know from one day to the next whether you're going to be killed, go home, or get busted. Look, I have run out of time. So I'm just asking you to be with me. Got a problem. I go to work for you, I'm pulling a lot of exposure. Are they in the walls? I mean, can they hear everything we're saying all the time? Look, we your new partners. We in for 10 points. Our in goes with the territory. They don't run me, and you don't run me. I want my end, and I am out. You don't want to work for me? What's wrong with you? You do what I say. I run you. I want you work until you are burned out, you are busted. A highly skilled jewel thief, Frank, longs to leave his dangerous trade and settle down with his girlfriend, Jessie. Tuesday Weld. God, such a good name. Eager to make one last big score in order to begin living a legitimate life, Frank reluctantly associates with Leo, a powerful gangster. Unfortunately for Frank, Leo wants to keep him in his employ, resulting in a tense showdown when he finally tries to give up his <laughs> when he finally tries to give up his criminal activities once and for all. I'm a thief! I've been in prison, alright? So what? I don't care. So what? Don't tell me. So what? I never even told my wife that! I don't Who care. is now gone? Did I ever come on to you? No. What'd you see? See? See what? See? I I am a straight arrow. I am a true blue kind of a guy. I've been cool. I am now unmarried. So let's cut the mini moves and the bullshit and get on with this big romance. What? I don't believe it. Do you think that I have been waiting for you to come along? What is this shit? You think I'm kidding, I can tell. This is strictly on the up and up. Jesus Christ! The film was directed by Michael Mann, written by Michael Mann, based on The Home Invaders by Frank Hohemer, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Ronnie Kahn, starring James Kahn, Tuesday Weld, Jim Belushi, Robert Prosky, and Willie Nelson. Cinematography by Donald E. Thorin, edited by Dove Honing, and music by Tangerine Dream, baby! This week's film was chosen by Ricardo. Ricardo, why? I chose it because I think it is an interesting movie. Like, uh, I think that you can see so much of this movie in other movies that are coming out right now or TV shows and the, the way, the style of it kind of thing. The, 
people, whenever they ape the 80s, this is kind of the thing that they're <laughs> looking at. You know, they, you can see Drive, for example, just being oh, this movie. Yeah, but with, Jesus Christ. But at the same time, it's kind of... Even Michael Mann has been doing the same thing for the last 30 years. And not the, like you, somebody could say about with diminishing returns, but also the way that he uses the almost the same style, but also the same themes in different movies to say different things uh, like heat is very similar stylistic to this but it's also it's a different narrative you know it's as much about new york as this is about chicago for example mm. and to another certain degree the all underrated and forgotten collateral with tom cruise and jamie fox oh my god yeah tom cruise he, with the gray hair <laughs> Yeah, like in the uh, as the villain as well, which is not Didn't, often that he played wasn't the that character. Was shot on digital as well? People yeah, it's one of the first movies that it. was shot yeah. in digital, and I think that it really shows the limitation of the time for digital because that movie really pops and gets away with being like manky looking, but because it's so seedy <laughs> and uh, grimy that it works, uh, and you can really tell but how. How poor the technology was at the time. Whenever it kind of, <laughs> like, if you watch something uh, a period piece shot today in digital, you wouldn't think twice about it because there's like m much better dynamic range and uh, the way that the lenses are set up to deal with digital sensors and then the there's not the the obsessional clarity is not there anymore. And uh, like you watch Public Enemies and it looks like fucking you know telenovela like it, it looks like fair city the in the <laughs> 1920s or something it looks like the hobbit um yeah and i think that in th this movie it really captures that grimy kind of aesthetic that people have been obsessed with but i can't remember who said it that this movie kind of being 1981 captures it's like a bridge movie it captures the yeah, the seventies kind of ideas of like the character driven uh, crime drama and the eighties aesthetic, location filming and yeah, like it, it's really a a, a, a the almost but it, it's so weird because it is a movie about Chicago, but it makes Chicago look like a fucking alien world. It's so <laughs> you know mm. no no place on earth looks like this movie does. <laughs> And you wonder how it's the like fuck Gotham. did they do it? Because nowadays you can throw like anything into Adobe Premiere and throw like a million <laughs> lots on it. And then it's like, oh, okay, it looks like Blade Runner now. But no, Blade Runner was shot in the fucking studio. This looks grimier and stuff than Blade Runner. Yeah. And I love the Tangerine Dream score as well. That again, like that synthness that <laughs> comes in. And then like to be right out again. Okay, fair enough that he had done Miami Vice before this on TV. But like mm -hmm. to come out right out of the gates doing this, like fucking that is some flex as a director from Michael Mann. You know, like he, the, we've talked about it uh, before in the podcast for like first time filmmakers that, especially those ones that have a very particular, like uh, style. But most of them, whenever you see it, you see like traces of that style or whatever like uh, you know even wes anderson like bottle rocket is like you know it's proto 
Wes Anderson. He's not. The he's fully not fully formed. formed, you know. Yeah, like there's little. He's a little baby. But Michael little Mann just came out like you know, thirty six years old, fully formed. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> the thing is, what that I, I I remember arguing with somebody in college that they were like talking about how Fincher was so original, or whatever, and I'm like. He just so <laughs> Michael Mann. Like you, you look at Seven, and Seven is basically instead of using blues, they use greens. It's like oh, okay, that's Chicago there. Thief also has one of the greatest posters of all time. Like if that fucking poster with like with the <sighs> dark glasses the blue, uh, from the blue James font. But I think James Cann's performance as well of all the James Cann's performances across the board is so strong because he leans into that persona that he has similarly in uh in the godfather but even more to make somebody that is so charismatic but so awful at the same time so you <laughs> like him but you know that he's a terrible human being and really dodgy and shit like that but i also like the the power dynamic between him and the girlfriend character like this movie could have easily just had like the Hank Hill, the, the problem with Goodfellas, that is like the wife is just there as an or obstacle kind of thing. They don't have a real relationship. Well, like the, wi- the, the wife character in this movie is as flawed as James Gunn and has like a similarly fucked up past and a similarly <laughs> kind of weird worldview based on her history, let's say. And that scene in the diner with the the fucking cars in the motorway behind is one of the greatest scenes in film kind of thing of like uh, because again i think that it's one of those things that are on the page it's so awful what they're talking to each other but there's so much chemistry that it kind of like you're in there with them kind of almost rooting knowing that they're like so toxic to each other but even the weird thing how like he just gets a baby and it's like okay we have a baby don't even think about it i think the uh what's his name that that actor he usually plays like the nicest uh characters uh robert prosky he usually plays like the the benevolent judge in a movie or something like that you know <laughs> I, I think he's the 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 judge in like miracle on 34th street or something like that you know like that's the kind of i can see that he has that energy but he's managing to like harness it for the dark side here which is fantastic that scene whenever they're like in the booth and he's like got a kid <laughs> he's like what else do you want it's like oh. yeah i look after it's my man and stuff and it's so like, sinister he's so sinister but also he's so again charismatic and he leans into mm-hmm. like his inherent niceness as an actor that you kind yeah. of like this is the nicest mobster of all time until like obviously uh james can can't Get, get out uh, he's on the floor in your hands like i'm gonna send your wife on the street like yeah then you Not have a, like a really young dennis farina as well in this movie uh, jim belushi is great in this movie as well like uh i think that uh this and salvador is like two of his like first movies that he was actually acting against like two giants of cinema but at the same time like james can to a lesser degree but guys that turned out to have like rather dodgy uh political uh world views because like in the other one is james woods that he's acting against which is uh, uh, you know the less we say about james woods the best the better but oh, um 
I think it's a movie that really like jumps a lot. We we always talk about like the the um, we we've done a lot of heist movies. I think the that's fair to say, but I think the ones that we tend to be attracted to are the ones that like deal with crime as like a blue collar kind of profession. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I till I picked this movie I, I hadn't realized how how much of that is like a, a Thorline or like heist movie choices from like Refifi to And it has to be said uh, yeah. that's a, a like, movie that has uh, Circle or Rouge, Circle Rouge like, and stuff like that mm-hmm. that is all about like it's not the 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 guy you know the guy in a leotard going and robbing like one big diamond and then <laughs> living in the French Riviera as like a fancy no. thief. It's no, it's like the guy that is like grimy, and then whenever he has like a fucking nice house, you know he's gonna lose it. You you oh, know yeah. it's it's uh, always it's borrowed time. <laughs> he's always like this is his this is the thing he needs to make it, and if he doesn't get it, he's gonna die. Like even like the killing or any of those, it's like it's always the, the last big score before I get the fuck out of here, and it's like mm, you're not getting the fuck out of there. But I think as well, like that, so much of the of these movies deal with the uh, similarly to uh, almost like war reporting or something like that. That kind of job that because you have an adrenaline rush, that you're just it, like you keep saying that you're gonna do one job and then you're out. But it's more like, you know, these people have enough money that if they wanted, they could invest into like a legitimate business and get out yeah. of the uh, the thieving uh, business. But, <laughs> the thieving um, business. That's why I kind of like that they choose where they choose to get you into the world. That it's not like a young up and comer just like this is the only way that he can make money because of his history, like his past. He can't get any ju- like legitimate work. So having this, like he he's able. I know that he has like the 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 front that is his like car dealership, but obviously like uh, he's using it as a front for his robbery so it's not the the most lucrative uh business it's just that especially in america it's a very cash heavy industry so it's a it's easy you're easier to cook the books mm-hmm. you know because you can just go and burn a few cars and go like oh yeah i sold those cars you know what i mean yeah but like uh it has to be said as well that uh james Khan has the square shoulders in movie <laughs> history He's just I literally... love just watching him like slope around. He's such a weirdo. Like he's one of those people that looks skinnier than he is, and then whenever he like takes his shirt off, it's like you're actually kind of solid. You know he's what I mean? But angular. He's yeah, like a complete rectangle. He's like, <laughs> I think he looks like his body looks like what a child would draw. If they say draw a human, you know, the, there's no droop in the shoulders whatsoever. It's too little, and they're too so hairy. Legs. It's so, it's like, you have to I love it. I love it. It's so 70s. Everything about it. Oh, God. When they're like cavorting around in the sea. It's like, oh, yeah. Take and me back. Like, and I have to say that, like, during the, the first time that I watched this movie, I, I felt slightly disappointing with the ending of the movie. But I on rewatch over the years i actually enjoy how like anticlimactic it is because it makes the the whole idea of what he's doing like so uh 
unglamorous that you can't even have like a heroic <laughs> death or a heroic action scenes you know like it's just run of the mill but it, you also have like the you know you, he almost has the scene of somebody running through a window as in the manhunter you know he's almost <laughs> getting to that level of style but it's still a little bit toned down kind of thing but that's why he picked Thief. Like I think it's like it's an interesting movie. I think that you like the seventies and you uh, like you like films that obviously were inspired that inspired this movie, like the French Connection and like a lot of William Friedkin's work and stuff. Like there, mm. it's not a coincidence that uh, Tangerine Dream has made soundtracks for this movie yeah. and for William Friedkin. I think like it's clearly that Friedkin is the the of arching influence but at the same time it feels next kind of like he's taking the button because like even the the, how like rainy this movie is like uh, you know like there's a whole movie with Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia that is just like yeah uh, it looks cool when it rains so (laughs) we're just gonna shoot everything in the the rain and neon at night that was uh, directed by Ridley Scott as well uh, Black Rain but um, Oh God, really scared. But yeah, like, uh, what did you think of Thief? Thief. Um, I think what I like about the rain is that it's not even that. It's that it's not even that it's raining all the time. It's that it's always just after rain. You know what I mean? Like the street is always wet. Like there's always reflections of everything in the street, which I really like. Um, yeah, I really like this. <laughs> I oh, did I'm think, mad. like, I watched this fucking ages ago because um, uh, we meant to record and then couldn't because I didn't wake up. Um, but uh, so I had to, I watched it again last night because I was like, I don't remember. I need to, like, refresh myself. I, I, I put it on. I was like, I'll just kind of get the gist. And then I ended up just watching the whole thing because it's so fucking enjoyable. I was like, yeah, like, I got so invested all over again. Like when I said earlier, whenever I was looking at the, um, the like, details that it's two hours long, I was like, what? Flies along. Yeah, for oh a second there was like, was she mentioning, thinking that she, it was like longer, you know, the, the, <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> no like genuinely i was like wow that's i honestly if you told me this was like 84 minutes long i'd be like yep um yeah i did think like um uh where has this film been all my life i was like goodness like it really is like that's there's such a um like if we can group all our like heist movies together and i love them all separately but you know i like having them all together as one big group and like this like fits in there is just and the but kind of like a lot of them what we've done are, are obviously like very 70s 60s 70s uh rafifi's what 50s late 50s if I, no early yeah. 60s i think it's 1960 let me just check again but yeah yeah i think that sounds right um but yeah like it's kind of fun to see the 55. bridge which the bridge between a lot of those movies and then into what was happening in the later 80s and then what happened in the 90s and then like the kind of modern like early noughties and then like what people deal with that kind of you know like drive etc it's it's just fascinating um how <laughs> i just think it's hilarious this is his first movie i'm just like how how does one just emerge as certain as this film is you know what i mean like there's not i mean there's some like little silly moments it is very 80s but like 
there's just not a wrong note here as as it comes to the direction which i find fascinating i'm just like who are you who are you um i did see uh there's a lot of articles um because this it had its 40th anniversary obviously in uh 2021 so there were a lot of kind of like reappraisal articles and stuff so i saw a lot of headlines that were like this is the best heist film you've never seen i was like it is i feel like we say that a lot where it's like you know this film deserves so much more praise whatever and i feel like what he went on to do later usurped this a lot because all everyone ever talks about is fucking heat and like that scene in the diner is better like it is honestly like considering that like so that where are they in heat are they in a diner are they in a restaurant i can't remember uh like a a diner by a like a yeah station kind of thing yeah it's very very similar and like all the build-up that there is and like this is the first time they're going to be together on screen and everything and like honestly like i i think i knew that this film was like something really special when you do get to that scene because like you hate him like he stands her up when he goes he grabs her he manhandles her into a car and you're like fuck off he causes a car accident pulling out as well he like intimidates a load of people as he's like reversing back i'm like this guy is a cunt and then in the end of that scene that they've both like sold it he woos her he woos us she woos everybody and you're like you understand like not just why he's like you're hot but why he's like been sitting watching her for like five months because she's like incredibly interesting she's not just like and like i love as well that like she's not even made up to be very glamorous she's like you know her hair is a little too bleached she's a little she looks a bit frazzled around the edges you know what i mean like she's not she looks like the person she's portraying you know what yeah. i mean that like that she did she have looks this, like somebody like, that could work in a diner kind of thing rather than yes, it's not like julia yes. roberts being a prostitute it's like <laughs> yeah you know or like uh having a business or <laughs> running a hardware store um <laughs> although you know what i do kind of buy her running a hardware store she's got that edge uh but yeah it's like the the way that thing is written the way it's performed like the beats of like she doesn't swoon at any point like until basically the very end like she doesn't even really swoon at all it's like it's not until she's like very pragmatic about the whole thing she's just like no i've like fine i have doing the right thing now i've got myself out of this bullshit but in the end she's like she's kind of thrown because he's just so fucking honest like (laughs) he's just like Let's start this great romance, you know? And like, I love that line where he's just like, let's just cut the fucking bullshit and just start this great romance. And I'm like, oh, I would It's also like him. going back to like the, the, what we were saying, I was saying about like him being addicted to the, to the heist is that yeah. she's also the, like, that's why they link together because she's addicted yeah. to that excitement also of like having yeah. somebody that is like that much of a wild card as well and she knows that it it should be that she shouldn't you know the same way that he probably should have what he says that the opposite the person that 
literally a home that would like keep him <laughs> grounded and say like yeah. tell him to stop doing it so he would Come like have a better life kind of thing yeah it is funny like um <clears throat> uh he, he kind of says it to her as well he's basically like you love this you want this like this is you know like he's it's just it's a very like fun refreshing scene where two people who have a lot of chemistry and it's just it's just incredibly fun to watch um there's a there's a great quote from michael Mann. there's a i find a really good uh, article about this in the ringer um i think it was probably written by one of the like uh yeah what do you call it the last or the next picture show or, or like it must be one of those writers a lot of those people used to write it for the ringer but yeah. um <laughs> it's like describing the scene it's a whole reel it's 10 minutes it's huge man says and to stop a movie right in the middle for somebody to go sit in a booth and tell a story it's a little bit strange but i think it's wonderful man picked that exact location for a reason in 1971 he and a woman who he was just getting to know stopped there for coffee at that exact booth over the freeway he said we wound up sitting there all night talking the woman was his future wife summer 50 years later they're still together oh that's cool isn't that nice? I didn't like, know that. Oh, Michael. <laughs> like, isn't that cute? His wife's called Summer. How cute is that? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, uh, if I was his wife, and that's the scene. <laughs> they can decide yeah. to write based on <laughs> their first encounters. Like, who the fuck do you think I am, Michael? <laughs> well, we don't know Summer. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was funny. There's another great... <laughs> There's another great quote from this, uh, just turning to the, the visual aesthetics of the film. Um, Jerry, Jerry, man said to Bruckheimer early in production, see this tie? A producer doesn't normally discuss sartorial choices with his director, but when Bruckheimer looked at the piece of neckwear, he understood what man was getting at. It had blues and blacks and reds in it. Those shades would match the alleys, bars, and back rooms of Chicago. That's what he uses his color palette in the movie, Bruckheimer says. <laughs> All I'm getting from this is that Michael Mann is a fucking weirdo, and I love it. Oh, no, he um, is like a... Uh, like, uh, uh, <laughs> I remember Chris Hansworth talking about like making black hat and being like, yeah, yeah. that's not like, you know, you think you're going to go and make a hundred million dollar movie with it, like a <laughs> famous director. And it's like, doesn't feel like it's a hundred million dollar movie, you know, feels like the guy is just like, you know, but at the same time, you have like, you know, there is like, there's a few, there's few, few, few directors uh, working nowadays that is like, both that egocentric kind of but like ego in a good way like ego is not always bad you know mm. but that crazy kind of like vision that is like i can do it and it gets done kind of thing you know and largely without special effects um which is why like to like whenever fucking michael bay decides to make movies that don't have that much special effects like they're terrible but they're also like so entertaining because <laughs> half the fun Starring is like imagine being in the like did you hear like jake gillenhall's bit about like the the scene underneath the 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 bridge no that they get like a he's going to set or whatever one day uh during the shooting of ambulance and they're going to set like they're, 
he, they're shooting in the studio it's like an interior shot or whatever and he gets a call from like the assistant director it's like oh you have to meet michael at under this bridge by the la river and he goes and gets there <laughs> And the, they just put him in his costume, makeup, like on the side of the the street. And the, he, Michael Bay is like, okay, we have like five minutes to get ready. See that bridge over there, yeah? A helicopter is going to fly under the bridge. I got the best helicopter in the world. He's going to come here, fly under the bridge. You go and shoot this fake gun at it and go, oh, whatever, okay? Yeah, the, the helicopter is coming over in two minutes and we only have one take at it, okay? Then the explosion is going to go over there and blah, blah, blah. And then like, Jingle goes like what? <laughs> and, then <it's> like, <laughs> and then it's like they shoot the scene, and the producer go, like he goes to Gillingall goes to the producer. What the fuck? Like he's like, oh yeah, Michael just thought that today looked nice. Like we were driving over the bridge, and I was like, oh, the, the light is perfect for that shot. So we just sorted it out, and it's like, how do you like? Not only does it give you like the the sense of like Michael by being able to be. Like, you know, this is how we operate. But how good is that producer to get, like, in one day, like, the permits to shoot? <laughs> to get a helicopter to fly under the... Like, it must be the most stressful job ever. But at the same time, it, like, you see a helicopter fly under a bridge. It's like, I did that. You know, like, it must be satisfying. Well, yeah. to a certain degree, like, you know, like, whenever they blow up the house in Thief, it's like... They actually just blew up a gap, like it's not <laughs> in the I middle of Chicago. Much of it is like in the neighborhood that is like, like I think if I remember it correctly, that house was like scheduled for demolition or something. Somebody was buying, they just went like, oh, we'll demolish demolish the house for free. <laughs> just put a load of explosives in it. I love how like it's such a funny little like sequence of shots just to like just blowing everything up and it's like the bar must go to it's like <laughs> and then he's like at his dealership and he just sort of like burns a few cars i was like okay um oh, yeah, they, yeah they run out of budget after like five cars it's like yeah, that's he's, afford. Kind of like, he's just there's like kind of a long little shot of him just like oh there's another car oh there's another car and i was like you're not gonna blow up the building no um the first time I watched it, um, I'd had a little bit of wine. And uh, so my notes were uh, absolutely insane. But it was mostly just me being like, oh, my God, I shipped this. Do I ship this? I think I ship this. <laughs> and then <laughs> the, the bit whenever they get the house and uh, she's like, I love it. She's like standing like beautifully framed in the window. And she's like, what? What are you looking at? And he's like, you, that's all. And he says it real like you. Oh God, James can't the hair. God, it's so seventies. Uh, but yeah, I'd written. God damn it, I shipped this art. I like the the scene in the in the in the adoption agency. It, this is like it's that is the, the encapsulation encapsulating point of the movie because it starts and you're like yeah james can is a hundred percent right whenever you're going through like a adoption process you know it's better to be in a, a person's home that you're going to be loved than in foster homes so it should be made easier that it should be basically two questions like two investigation points are you uh, like some sort of sexual deviant that will put like the the child life at risk you know like the in the sense Sexual of like deviant you know what i mean like uh, yeah, the, it, i know i just don't like that language <laughs> 
but still, like, I think that it is, like, it is a child's life and stuff like that, that you should, just because most people wouldn't go through all the... It should the, be vetted, yeah. yes, absolutely. But, like, it should not be the song and dance that it is. Yeah, it should not. be literally just, like, are you somebody that is responsible and not, like, unstable? And B, are you, can you afford to have a child? And that's it. Mm-hmm. The, the rest about, like, oh, do you have a college degree? Do you have this? Do you have that? Like, even... You're prioritizing the wrong thing there. That's the because thing there are like... places in America that even let's say if you have if you're uh if the wife earns more money, it's like seen as a potential uh like uh friction point. So that you get a <sighs> point docked. Jesus Christ. Oh but that's the, the, the but what I mean is that the beginning of the scene you're completely in the side of James Gunn, <laughs> yeah. and that he proves the point of why they should have given him a child because the mind is fucking deranged, and also it's like the most the, the biggest problem with people like him that are so deranged they even whenever they they ache don't know how to quit whenever you're winning, and B is that you're so completely unself aware of how you're you're seen in the moment, you know, like the. <sighs> It's such a good scene, and the the play, the person playing the social worker really like you know like oh, she's it, great. It's a very like for such a small role. It's a very 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 uh, giving performance because it would have been easy to act up to the same level of craziness as Jane Scan. Yeah, but because that uh, uh, the performance is so uh, taken back, kind of like chill social worker kind of perform that mm-hmm. it makes fucking james scans like losing the plot even <laughs> higher you know because he's absolutely like he just goes to zero <laughs> to 60 by himself there's no escalation from the other side the other side is just going like i'm sorry this is the way that it is so whatever it's so funny i like she's just there like it's fine let's just leave let's just leave let's just leave <laughs> it's like Oh God! And the way that Leo goes, oh, you want a kid? It's the the dodgiest thing, <laughs> you know. Like usually they will say, like, oh, do you want the TV or whatever? It's like in Sopranos that they have like DVD fucking players it's, everywhere. It's, it's just the fact that like he didn't even have to like think about it or research it. He's just like, yeah, I know kids. It's you know, there's mothers. They don't want them. <laughs> it's like where how do you know these people it's a bit that it's like kind of that i miss of old movies like this that is like even whenever they go like oh we're gonna get diamonds we're gonna get this bonds or whatever they were like tangible things now every movie that is a heist movie it's like this or either like it's the biggest diamond of all time or whatever like, you know <laughs> like i want shit to go back to like the first fast and the furious remember what they were stealing in that uh was it like a microchip or something no the first fast and the furious they just keep stealing trucks that are carrying tv Uh and dvd player combi (laughs) you know remember those uh tvs that had the dvd player at the bottom that you press the button with them like this movie uh let's talk about the cinematographer i don't know eugene thorin um like thief is his first movie (laughs) Oh my god! And then next year he did an officer and a gentleman. Wow. Well, like of course, like once you did the, if you could get any job, like like I know that's just funny because an officer and a gentleman is not really renowned for cinematography. Yeah, but at the same time, against all odds, which is also his cinematography is like 
it's a terrible movie but oh that looks sexy it does look and then like purple rain is obviously like fucking unbelievable <sighs> jeff ridges oh james woods ah! <laughs> james woods just in every fucking film in the 80s and then he did the oh scent of a woman as well yeah, did you see the 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 review? I think it was in the Irish Times about like uh, um, the the review. Was it Blur or something that like had the weirdest like uh, reference points ever? The like from somebody like from the forties or whatever. There's like oh Bernie Mac. They, it's like who fucking talks <laughs> about Bernie Mac whenever like Blur? He <laughs> was what? Okay, I mean go for it. What was the horrible? uh first wife's love oh my god all right we're getting off topic here yes. uh yes visually visually i think it's fantastic um there's also like a lot of use of like slow motion in this film which i find fascinating like um particularly whenever uh his partner dies and stuff like that's quite visceral like he really um yeah whenever jim belushi dies yeah yeah i, I also did not realize that that was jim belushi at all did not clock him um uh, I think the other thing that I really liked about this was, um, like, the world building, I think, is really good. Like, it's very, very strong. Like, um, it's a very, per- like, pared back film, but at the same time, like, it's filled with detail. Like, every character, like, even, like, the woman in the adoption agency, like, every single person that's included, like, the clothes they wear, the way they wear them, like, the way James Caan, like, wears his jeans and his jacket, the hands and the jacket, the sh- square shoulders and the like it's like it's so it's so interesting like um there's like uh even his car as well like all these things like it just even like the detail of the watch that he has that is like the one thing that he can show off because he like he wants to show off his wealth without being like too showy so like he won't get stopped by the police kind of thing but But even like the, the the way that he gets like the the how corrupt the the police are, I love that. <laughs> the, 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 you know the whenever you 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 realize that he's being uh, uh, watched by the police, you're like oh, okay. Um, now it's gonna be like a cat and mouse kind of thing because the police want to catch him. It's like they don't want to catch him. They just want to like <laughs> milk him. They just want their cut from his work. And they're like annoyed that they're not getting it. It's like, yeah, like that scene. I thought it was so funny whenever there's like six of them beating the shit out of him on the floor. And then one of them like brings a phone book in and like hits him. And I'm like, I think it's a bit late for the phone book. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about this movie? Um, Michael Mann, I think. Um, He's the man. I think just because it's like it's so it's so his film it's like we know that like he wrote it i think as well that like it's in the in the credits that it's it's based on a book but i don't think it was actually based on the book at all it's just that i think they'd optioned it or something and so there was like some paperwork or something so he was like i still have to mention that it's based on this but it's not he didn't actually like the book so the book is just there but he, he yes yeah, so he basically um either way uh wrote and directed it um but yeah like it's just it's so fun to see all the the kind of tropes that became like um like such a pastiche almost of himself but uh he's like doing them so well here and like it is so it's so 70s but it's so 80s the tangerine dream soundtrack is amazing or tangerine dream uh as uh <laughs> as what he would say um yeah i think 
I, I genuinely like the second time watching this I, I thought it flew by as well it's just it's very very well put together um and I also quite like the ending like the first time I watched it I was a bit like this is a bit silly <laughs> more that he was just sort of able to do it he just kind of walks in there's no real sort of obstruction to him but the second time I kind of liked it because it is still so ultimately kind of bleak and open-ended it's just like onwards the city just keeps going yeah like it's the kind of ending that you can just uh whenever he walks away like because the first time i watched it i thought that james khan's character should have died but then whenever i rewatch it it's kind of hilarious because he probably just would see this as like yeah i got away with it so i am immortal i can do whatever the fuck i want yeah we only add to his like I am enough. I am nothing. I have no ties. I have no uh, whatever mystique, especially now that he's like got rid of his kids or got rid of his wife and his kid. I suppose. I did think it was kind of funny as I was watching it. I was like, <laughs> so he's just sending off his wife right after he gets threatened by this guy, as if like no one's watching his house. He's just like, off you go. Yep, there she's fine. She's safe now. And then like. No one's following him. He's just able to sneak into the guy's house. I think that's why I thought it was sort of funny. I was like, he was a bit silly. But uh, what was your favorite thing? I think, like you said, it's like Michael Mann. Like it's, uh, it is very much his movie. Like uh, he's a good argument for the author th- theory kind of thing. Like it's not, yeah. um, you know, like it, it takes a village, but at the same time, nobody else in the world could have made this movie. <laughs> So it's kind of yeah. like, just super interesting. Like, oh, should be that focused and that visually competent. <laughs> At the ripe old age of thirty six, though, I quite like that. I like a, a well, <laughs> in the film world, I suppose it's not really a late bloomer as a director, but like, I don't know. I kind of like it when people are like, yeah, first feature like thirty six, forty, whatever. It's like, yeah, it's good. That's still achievable. <laughs> oh yeah, like in. Uh, He's a very good, whatchamacallit, not only like a, a great director, but I think he's an underri- underrated writer mm-hmm. as well. Like uh, yeah. a lot of his movies, like uh, they they mention him because of his like style, but he's very good at, um, like usually he co-writes movies, but he always writes the mm-hmm. movies that he works on and... They're always not only good in the sense of like uh, moment by moment, but they have good pacing, good thematic overarching themes and kind of. um, But also like they have. uh, Whatchamacallit, you you can tell that he's a good editor and they're complex structurally as well. I think it goes really under the the. Because it, those screenplays is what gives him the freedom to go crazy in, in his visual style. Yeah. Because he requires very little in the way of, like, using cinema language to to show things, if you know what I mean. Like, um, yeah. Because, like, the scripts are so tight that he's able to, like, obviously, like, he shows rather than tells or whatever, but he's using it on top of, like, he doesn't have to work it you know like the the high yeah, scene is a good like, example of it that it's like everything has already been explained so you can just sit there enjoy he, he and just, just watch it, it happen kind of thing and it's like 
it's almost relaxing watching it because you're like once they've got the thing locked like as in that they've they've bypassed the system and everything it's just like fun watching the thing work and you know and it also has to be said that it is i don't know who had the idea it must have been like a crazy idea but it did work out in the end to have willie nelson playing that character like it's so so good. good He's fucking great. As soon as he turned up, I was like, is that Willie Nelson? First of all, I was like, how old is Willie Nelson? Because he looks old there already. It's like, wow. Well, Um, have I always said, Orla, the secret to look good when you're old is to look like shit when you're 30. So like (laughs) the moment that you look like somebody that, you know, if you look 50 when you're 30 and then like you look 50 when you're 70, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> because he doesn't look that different nowadays like he doesn't that's the thing it's kind of mad he's kind of always looked a bit like that even when you see him when he's like very young he still well, kind like of looks like that the, like... The, the power of medicinal marijuana well yeah absolutely um <laughs> uh gotta give a shout out to uh the guy that plays his like um metallurgist or whatever like the guy that designs all the uh his uh incredibly specific tools another like just fucking great piece of casting and like even that scene whenever they're like in the like garage or whatever uh and he's like give me a week like first of all he's like this incredibly impossible thing he gives them this like crumpled bit of paper that he's got like little calipers just measuring everything and i'm like could you not give him a better printout <laughs> and he's just like okay yeah it's gonna be difficult see me in a week <laughs> i'm just like imagine being that specifically like skilled that you could just be like I gotta sit here, build this vault, and test it for the next seven days, and you will have something when I'm done. But I also love that uh, uh they're sitting there, and then James Khan's like, uh, he's like, uh, is this phone clean? And he's like, swept every week. He's <laughs> like, I sweep my feet or sweep my, <laughs> I sweep my phone every week. And then he just like goes and makes a call. But similarly like, yeah. to everybody else Texture. in this movie, he just does it because he likes to. He clearly doesn't need the money from it with the size of a business he yeah. has but he just seems to like the challenge yeah like that is that kind of oh yeah like the i'm so good at it that like just normal shit is like just boring i need the yeah. something to make me wake up in the morning and get out of bed like and it's the the weird thing about like the movie like why like the i saw the plan of like getting out the uh of the the world or whatever is because of the his family and kids but as i love also that he can't trust anybody even the guy that guy that is like yeah whenever you run out of money i don't know what you're gonna do with him because you, you can't trust him <laughs> like uh, the, he's good like he's uh, um was it uh trustworthy enough that he won't betray you while you pay him but then you're up for the highest bidder kind of thing like uh, it's such a like like you say like so textured it's like Instead of being like, oh, yeah, he's my friend. Look yeah. after my wife or whatever. It's more like give him money he and then whenever you run you out, over. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Here's $410,000. <laughs> in fairness, at that time, uh-huh. it's probably like fucking all the money in the world. Yeah, I want that kind of money. Jesus, even in today's amounts. Bloody hell. What was your least favorite thing? guess the ending just because it it was more like getting to the ending felt a little bit silly it was like this doesn't make a whole lot of sense it was like it was almost just like a little bit too quick he goes from like uh 
fuck everything to like just killing the guy you know it was like a little too sort of neat i did like the guy sitting reading the paper though i love a just a sitting reading the paper moment uh big giant fucking broadsheets like um but yeah i guess that's it I don't think, like, even performance-wise, that there's, like, a low point for anybody here. Like, I think everybody's great. Um, yeah. What was your least favorite thing? I don't know. Like, uh, depends on the day. <laughs> like, sometimes it's the the <laughs> ending, but, like, usually I do like it. I don't know. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, um, the, um, you can really tell, like, the... Um, I don't know. It's... Because it's really the kind of movie that everything... Because it's so charming as a movie as well. That everything that is kind of like slightly mm. flawed or like over the top or whatever. You go, yeah, but make me enjoy the movie more. You know, like even the... <laughs> like Willie, Willie Nelson's character is just there for color. Like he doesn't affect <laughs> the plot whatsoever. He just, nothing. He's just there to die basically. Yeah, exactly. There's no, just like... to show you that the permanence of time, like the permanence of time, whatever that is, like time marches forward and waits for no one. But like, it's so necessary. <laughs> like, but the scenes are so good that you're like, yeah, I'll take it. Like even the way that he just like leaves and you're like thinking that he's faking it and it's like, oh, like, he. He's in hospital. He's just faking. He just dies. Like it's just doesn't go anywhere. It's so depressing uh, kind of thing. But you know, like you, like I don't know. Like really, like the, the, like you said, like it's like the bit about like their relationship that you're like I don't know what to feel about it. But I think that that's part <laughs> of it. Like it's on purpose. You know, there are movies that I yeah. don't know how to feel about something, and you know that it's like it's just that the filmmaker did a poor job. Yeah, giving you the materials here is that they gave you the materials and there's like yeah this complicated people but then whenever you have like good looking people that are charismatic and have like great chemistry you're like yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> I do think it, like the but again it's the thing it's like even the, the ending not just the, the ending in the sense of like how the movie physically ends but also like how anticlimactic the shootout scene is that you think like you know other movies that have like a big kind of like he just goes into a room and shoots three people and that's it like uh, and there's a bit of slow mm -hmm. motion and then somebody <laughs> shoots him in the bulletproof vest that's it and you know straight away that happens but you know it's done with so much so such panache the that's it's like yeah. that kind of like you know kind of shaggy dog uh 80s you know whenever you have a movie that cl clearly ran out of its budget by the end and it's like we need to we spent all the money in the explosives and <laughs> the whenever we blew up the gap <laughs> yeah. so now we need to like yeah we have like three blanks and we have to do it in two takes let's go Yeah, it's just funny that like I just think it's still hilarious that they blow up the bar. <laughs> you know, it's like why did you blow up the bar? Um, and yeah, and yet that obviously they just ran out of money and couldn't blow up anything else. It's like, but the bar went up. That's good. We got the bar in. Um, I know, yeah. and I do like how like people in this movie are like are a combination of being incredibly uh efficient in the one thing that they do yeah and, 
completely and utterly incompetent in anything else and i think that like i like movies that acknowledge the fact that people can truly only be really good at one thing and the rest like (laughs) at best average you know you know whenever people go like oh yeah he's a smart guy he's a doctor and it's like i trust that he probably is a great doctor but that doesn't stop him being a moron whenever you're talking about like history or politics or like running a car (laughs) or you know like uh, as a million things you know and i think it's the the the, the first thing that i noticed whenever like the first i think it's the first thing that made me think that i was an adult when i realized that everybody's just generally just okay with their job and when you go like to an accountant or a doctor or a dentist or whatever you just hope that they're like competent yeah, that's they're the, doing because they're having a good day, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I hope that they didn't get a fucking call, or like their dog kept him awake. You know, that's like, like yeah. I'm one person that I never want like a job that you can kill somebody if you have a bad day in the office. I like being able to just, oh yeah, like I I really fucked up that paper. I'm, I'm very sorry, Mister Government. <laughs> Mister Government. <laughs> Uh, yeah no it's true I don't want any responsibility whatsoever please <clears throat> not for anything that's like actually important like people's lives and stuff absolutely not like yeah like it's the 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 thing it's like but I, I love it how like even the, the criminals are like so bad at like keeping <laughs> like their boss safe and everything yeah uh, uh, yeah I, I had a great time this film uh thank you for picking it no thank you for enjoying the movie i don't think i'm (laughs) i'm kind of tired today i wouldn't want to have to argue (laughs) i'm also kind of tired today so i think that's why it's only 109 on our time record (laughs) the last one was like 135 it took so fucking long to edit um uh yeah so ricardo if they want to go and uh find our many many heist movies which i think i have organized on the soundcloud into one little uh playlist where can they find us they can find this on facebook the recommendation game on twitter at the rec game or whatever it's called now fucking x uh on mm, the recommendation game at gmail.com on the dublin digital mix cloud and every second monday on dublin digital radio Next week's pick is Orla's pick. What are you choosing? I am finally picking Wendy and Lucy. That's the Kelly third Reichardt. time killing Reichardt movie, is it? Did we do a first call for the podcast? No, no, oh, okay. we didn't. I think certain I think certain women was the first one. No, I think we I think I was like I think I would have picked it, but you'd seen it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that I, makes sense. God, I love that film. Oh, I love her so much. Uh, yeah, so uh, until then, I was Orla Lapinas. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you two weeks time. Bye. Bye.